afternoon and welcome to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. I'm program host Kip Allen. Let's Talk's the program for the Christian layman, the Lutheran who believes but has questions. In short, the program's designed for someone just like me, because there's a lot I don't understand. It doesn't have to be soul-shaking. It might just be something that's been on my mind for a while. And I find that rather than getting into a deep theological discussion, sometimes a casual front porch style talk with a pastor is the best way to understanding. That's what this program is all about. Today's guest is Bill Swirla. He's pastor of Holy Trinity Church, uh, Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in Hacienda Heights, California. I have my questions. I'm sure you have yours. You can send your questions by email at any time to let's talk at kfuo.org. Or you can call into the program if you're in the Metro East area. That's area code 314-821-0850. Or anywhere in the lower 48 states, toll free at 1-800-730-2727. Bill, welcome back to the program. Welcome back to the front porch. Good to be back on the porch. Are we socially distanced? Well, about 2,500 miles, I think. That should be far enough. That. <laughs> Outside of your spit bubble, that's good. You almost you almost dropped Lutheran from my church. You know we haven't done that. We, we're still we're still Holy Trinity Lutheran Church. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, Plan to be for for a goodly long time. But, uh, I, <laughs> but I caught myself. <laughs> yeah, you did. I, I was listening very carefully though. But yeah. uh, how are you doing? How are you feeling? You sound better. You sound like you're back like in studio in front of like real equipment. I am. I am. I'm sitting Beautiful. sitting here in Studio E. I'm looking at are. this marvelous control panel that looks like it belongs in a jet, and I've got four different monitors here and all sorts of other things lying mm. around. See, and, I, even I can tell the difference in the quality of sound, and I'm sure your listeners can too. This is so much better than the kitchen table. It is, it is, because I've been doing, you know, because of the uh, the the pandemic i've been doing most of my work at home i only come in for like a day and a half uh but uh, for example i do my morning newscast from my home which yeah. uh, in my home studio is actually my dining room <laughs> and the acoustics are perhaps not what they should be i've got a I, I do most of my work at home too because there's really no good reason uh unless there's a service or unless there's an appointment and most of my appointments the people would prefer that we talk over like zoom or something anyway so so i don't have a real need to be at church and if i am at church then i get involved in something that's probably not pastoral like you know uh, oh pastor the light bulb burned out over here you know that you know that kind of thing so i just kind of <laughs> stay away from there and I, I've, i'm actually kind of enjoying it i my uh, study is normally a studio anyway because of my podcasting avocation mm -hmm. and so uh, which I'm using here too but, but uh, um, I got to tell you that since the COVID crisis hit my study uh, kind of looks like a scene out of American hoarders you know I mean I I just have these books and papers piled all over the place there's like this 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 like pathway that leads from the door to the desk chair so you know but uh, I'm starting to worry. I, I, I was actually asking a friend of mine who's a psychologist. I said, at what point, what's the tipping point? What, when, when do you become a candidate for American hoarders? You know, and so he, so he said, well, snap me a picture. And I, he goes, oh, you're nowhere close. No, 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 no. He, this is... <laughs> actually, I, I do understand that my late wife is a hoarder. Oh, a serious one? 
Yeah, a serious one. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. That oh. I, I've known them. I've had I've had some I've had close associations with with people who were bona fide hoarders, and it it is horrifying. Oh. It's just it's unbelievable. It was. I should never throw out newspapers. I mean, we had these yeah. stacks of newspapers. Why yeah. don't I get around to reading them one of these days? Now? I've seen that magazines, newspapers, even advertisements. You know, the 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 Thursday ads from the grocery store just piling up all over the place. Uh, old phone books. Remember phone books? They don't use those anymore. Oh, but yeah. No. Man, it was it was like it, it was it was insane, and it was like walls. It went floor to ceiling, and there were like it was labyrinthine. You could get lost in the living room, just kind of like like meandering there. But the odd thing was with the hoarders that I knew, um, they had this like one little place that was organized. You know, there's like this little table where they paid their bills and they did it and, and was organized. <laughs> and it was like, I don't get this. I really don't get this at all. But I was a little concerned. I'm just a slob. So the, the, <laughs> my, my friend says, no, you're not a hoarder. You're just a slob. So, okay, yeah, okay, I get that. Well, I couldn't be a slob, unfortunately. My, my wife now is, uh, I won't say she's obsessive about certain things, but if the paper is lying there and it doesn't have immediate use, why is it there? Oh, no. She's one of the acolytes of Marie Kondo. That's the last thing you need, okay? You, this is this is where your whole life is reduced to, like, one piece of furniture in a living room. And <laughs> and that's questionable. You know, you have to justify its existence. It's like it's the couch and I'm sitting on it, okay? But, yeah, I, all right. No, I'm not there either. That's not me. I'm kind of like... It's shabby chic. I, I'm into sort of the clutter scene. You know, I'm an ISTP by Myers Briggs. I know that doesn't mean anything, but I like to throw that out anyway. And uh, but but you know, we're pilers. We we we're comfortable with piles. If I file things away, I can't find them anymore. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. My uh, at other stations I've worked at, my desk was somewhat. I I won't say disorganized, but perhaps disheveled. But I knew yes. everything was. A little shaggy. <laughs> yeah. A little shaggy. All right. Can't get away with it here. That's, that's okay. <laughs> no, you you can't you can't be you can't be a P in, in at the Synodical Office building. That's not possible. You have to it, this that that is that building just reeks of J. It does. You know, it's it, yeah, you know, everything has to be everything in its place. Or as the Germans used to say, alles in Ordnung, everything in order. See, that's really important. It's 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 almost like cleanliness is next to godliness. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. Very much so. What are we talking about today on the port socially distanced by 2,500 miles? Yeah, well, actually, <laughs> believe it or not, audience, this is actually do, a fairly Do you have a topic, or are we just going to... We could just talk. I don't care. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think my higher-ups do. <laughs> your, your ratings, not mine. <laughs> well, what we want to talk about is the... The COVID situation oh. has a lot <laughs> There's more... a COVID situation. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> and it's, it has a lot, a, a lot more fallout than just simply the effects of the disease itself. No kidding. Uh, we are, we human beings tend to be a social, a social animal. Most of us. Most yes. of us. Yeah. Uh -huh. And when we're deprived of that, strange things happen. And... <laughs> And, you know, there, there have been uh, police and, and uh, psychologists and what have you have been noticing a rise in everything from domestic violence to uh, suicides. Mm. And how much of this is because people are now isolated? Yeah. And are perhaps with their significant other too much and you're seeing part Way of Way too much. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Way too much. <laughs> but, 
<laughs> true. Uh, maybe I shouldn't emphasize that too much. <laughs> no, I, I think you're on to something. Uh, and, I mean, this is not like a secret. This is not like this sort of light bulb insight. But, um, but you know, it's, it's hit close to my own personal family. Both I and my wife uh, have in our families a younger I guess they would be cousins if you chartered out the family tree who've committed suicide. Oh, and, dear. Uh, and, you know, and, and, and some of them were, were uh, they, these were, some of them were people with uh, significant futures ahead of them. Mm-hmm. You know, they, these weren't, now in some cases, they are people who are a little mentally fragile or psychologically fragile in the first place. And if, if you're in the het boat, this is not a healthy environment at all because it's, a, it's an environment that's permeated with fear. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of fear. Even, even my more sturdy members are afraid. Okay, you're afraid to go out, you're afraid of catching a disease, you're afraid of this, you're afraid of that. Um, there's a, a sense of helplessness, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when you're just told by, you know, government authorities, you know, your business has to be closed or you can't meet at church, or if you meet at church, you have to meet outside. You can't sing, you can't chant, da, 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 on and on it goes. There's a real feeling of uh, disempowerment, of helplessness. Uh, and, 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 and I, you know, I've kind of felt that way too. I, I've, I've been very, very uh, depressed is not quite the word. I'm more angry, although anger is a, is part of the depression constellation, I suppose. But, you know, just speaking personally, I have worked, uh, in my congregation for 28 years almost. You know, this is my life's work. And I'm watching it fall apart, mm. uh, just because we can't carry on community life. Uh, we used to have a thriving preschool, but we don't. We used to have a thriving after-school program. We still do, but it's all virtual, yeah. you know. And and you know, three quarters of my ministry is conducted over electronic media. This is not what I signed up for. Yeah. Well, my church, for example, on this uh, this last Sunday, uh, I don't think we had more than ten people there. Yeah. And well, you know, it, it, first of all, it doesn't feel like church to a lot of people because there's so many measures being taken. You know, it, um, we, we go through more measures distributing the, the sacrament of Christ's body and blood that the local burger joint does in distributing cheeseburgers, <laughs> you know. But, um, you know, we're trying to be careful. We're trying to be, you know, aware. We're trying to comply. Uh, but but in all of the trying, then we sort of have totally changed the whole feel of church, too. And so people just don't even feel like coming to church. And the old Adam will use any excuse, let's face it. Oh, yeah. But um, and so, you know, you have people who are isolated. Uh, you have people who are in despair. You have people who feel locked in, even if they are free to go outside, you know, or walk around the block or do something. They it, it's there's kind of um they're like invisible chains on the door or something. I don't know what it is. And but I can easily see how uh people can despair in the way that that taking your own life is a viable option. That's a very sad situation. Um because I think we will get through uh this thing as previous generations have gotten through wars and famines and pestilence as our Lutheran forefathers got through the uh, the 17th century, which was a horrific century of war 
and uh, civil unrest and plague, you know, uh, these, but it also was, you know, some of our best hymnody <laughs> and, and liturgy and, and you know, it, was, it was actually a vibrant time theologically. So we will get through it, but, but I, think, I think there's, a, there's just a lot of pain right now and there are not enough outlets for the anger. There are not enough outlets for the despair. Well, I've got and, an article here from the Journal of the American Medical Association and it lists a number of issues that are contributing to this overall malaise. Economic stress, as you pointed out, you know, people's businesses are closed. They don't know if they're going to have a job to go back to or not. If you're a small yeah. business owner, you might just see your life's work go away. Um, social isolation, which we've mm -hmm. talked about before. You know, if you're a gregarious person, you're used to going out to dinner, going to the movies, listening to a concert in the park. Can't do that anymore. Uh, Illness and medical problems are being exacerbated because people can't get in to see their normal health care provider. Mm -hmm. uh, there are barriers to mental health. You know, how many people can't see their, their therapist? Uh, one thing that uh, is of special importance to us is decreased access to community and religious support. It says, for example, weekly attendance at religious services has been associated with a five-fold lower suicide rate compared with those who do not attend. Now, yeah, I guess let's, let's underline that five-fold, five times, not 5%, not 50%, five times lower rate. Oh, absolutely. And now suddenly this, this wonderful support that we've all grown up with, we're having difficulty connecting with again. Um, plus, those are the, there's the outcomes of national anxiety. That's another thing that's listed here. Anxiety, yes. Yeah, well, the thing is, you know, you turn on the TV, you read the newspaper, it is all gloom and doom. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That's why I turned off the television in March and have never turned it on <laughs> since. Well, um, the only thing I watch on TV are uh, certain cooking shows. My wife likes the British baking uh, show, that that's a great show. Um, and I watch the Motor Trend channel. I know not why. Uh, I, I'm, I'm quite handy, uh, but I'm handy in wood, you know, and I do, I do, you know, home reno and woodworking, but I, I'm not a gearhead and I don't even really like cars, but there's something voyeuristic about watching like, you know, guys doing sheet metal and welding that just utterly fascinates me. So that's, that's it. But that's the extent of my TV. I do not watch the news. The news is to, in my estimation, worthless. And, and it's, um, it's also, I, I think antagonizing it's 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 an irritant to my soul and so i i i, I scan the headlines um on my computer every morning and that's that's the extent i i i know what i need to know but i don't need to know all this stuff and i don't need to hear all these stories it's just it's yeah. horrible unfortunately the nature of my job i have to do it <laughs> yeah that's but true occupational hazard i have mine too i have occupational hazards too but uh, unbelief being the chief one <laughs> but uh yeah no i know yeah. what you mean yeah yeah and and the country is divided as you know i can't remember it being this bad i mean i'm looking back for example 68 when we had the uh the chicago riots uh, that was bad. That was pretty divided. <laughs> it, it was. 
But after the convention, everything died down. Of course, there were the constant... no, no, no. I beg to differ. It didn't die down. It <laughs> it it just it just kind of went back in the closet. Is yeah. all of it. this is like the mess that comes out every every ten twenty years, and then you just shove it back in the closet, and you hope that it goes away. But you know it doesn't. That bad smell coming out of your closet is the same thing you shoved back in there twenty years ago. No, it's like the mess in your attic. It doesn't go away. <laughs> No, we we we're still living in the aftermath of of um of the polarities of the Vietnam era, of the civil rights era. We we're we have a lot of societal unfinished business. And and I think that's actually a COVID outcome. Is it bright or dark? I'm not sure. Maybe it's both. But I think that the the uh you know, all the demonstrations and some of the ensuing rioting and looting and you know, it's kind of like a, a triad of these things. But I think some of that stuff actually is an outcome of our COVID isolation because we um have a bit more time to think and to reflect and to react and respond and, and uh um, I think there's both a bright side and a dark side to it. So it's, it's you know, God uses this stuff. Always, I think before we go any deeper into this conversation, you re- we really got to understand that God uses all of it, all of it without exception. And like in last Sunday's, uh, in terms of last Sunday's sermon, if you're following the three-year lectionary, Series A, you had the parable of the four kinds of soil, the only kind of soil that's productive, the only condition of the heart where the word takes root and is fruitful is that which is ground to dust it's just pulverized it's rototillered it's broken and and so you know i asked the question what's god doing through all this he's breaking us down he's composting us he's he is basically making us fruitful soil but it's going to be painful along the way but there are good things that come out of it well that's true um you know, Love, are... joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, <laughs> and self-discipline. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, for well, for example, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of people who cannot go to church now are doing things like uh, doing catechisms at home or Bible studies with family members, things along that line, and uh, so that's one area where it is really it's really getting better. Uh, I hope so. I, I mean, you know, there's an old Lutheran Witness article from 1918, the Spanish flu, that encouraged to say, okay, you know, churches can't be open, blah, blah, blah. But now's the time for, you know, fathers and mothers and heads of family to get with their household and, and, and renew, uh, you know, Bible study and family prayer and, and, you know, get the family altar going. Now, how much of that actually happened? How much of it happens today among us i don't really know i'm a little pessimistic as as it were because i think we have gotten accustomed to an institutionalized kind of christianity uh which unfortunately negates the priesthood of believers and elevates the clergy like me see you know so we're we're the ones that kind of pull the heavy religious weight um, but that only works institutionally. It only works when you can come to a service at a certain time in a certain place. But if it's at your table, like you were doing your broadcast at home, now the ball's in your court. You know, now it's your Bible, your hymnal, your call. Are you going to do it? And I, I think, I think that this is a place for the priesthood of believers to step up. Have they stepped up? Not sure. 
I think Not many sure. have. And, and remember, I hope so. I pray, I pray that that be the case. Well, remember Luther's uh, letter concerning the uh, plague in uh, Wittenberg, um, where he's, he's talked about how vocation came out in this, where, uh, you know, it, what, what is your vocation? Are you here to help? Are you here to serve? Are, are you uh, a carpenter and you can help build this this person's house who's sick? Uh, if you Are you a baker? Can you bake food, make sure that it gets out to people who desperately need it? And this is, I think, one area where people are, are starting to look a little bit, I hope, at what is their vocation and how can they use this vocation in the community? Yeah, no, I, I, that's that's true. And and Luther is very big on the priesthood of the believer, as being a vocational priesthood. You 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 did your priestly duty in in this 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 constellation of activities called vocation, whether it be father, mother, son, daughter, master, mistress, servant, whether you be a butcher, a baker, a candlestick maker, whatever you did, um, for the people around you. It was very communitarian. In, in many respects, you know, and that's that's actually been one of the big changes in me. I, I, I don't know if I have a good I don't have enough contact with my people, the meaningful contact to know what's going on with them. But I am aware of what's going on with me. And, and quite frankly, I've become much more liberal. Um, you know, I used to be much more conservative. I've become much more liberal in the sense this isn't reflecting necessarily how I vote, uh, which is nobody's business, but but uh, but how I view things is that this has forced me, forced me to be less of an individual and to be more communitarian, to, to actually take an active interest in the well-being of my neighbor, my brother and sister in Christ, the people next door. Um, and and I think we we have lost a lot of that in American culture. It's very individualistic, nuclear family, me and my own. Uh, and that's not the biblical standard. No, you know, the early not. the early church was was like a Christian kibbutz. They shared everything in common. They took care of each other because you know they they were basically marginalized. They were the outliers of Roman society when you were baptized. You know, you were you were out. Um, or Philippians to put the uh, Philippians two to put the interests and the needs of others ahead of yourself, your comforts, whatever. You, you don't matter. The other person matters. Or like Luther said in fifteen twenty, the Christian is a completely free Lord of all, subject to none before God, and he is a he is a total bound servant, subject to all before men. You know, we're slaves for one another, as it were, and and so. Um, but I think this 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 thing has really, at least in me, it's made me aware of how uh, individualistic I tend to be and how self-centered I tend to be. And we have to remember that the church is a community, not just with our our fellow members of the of the, of the congregation, but we all we're all part of this this church. You know, my neighbor who might be Jewish, my other neighbor who it may be an atheist, they're my they're my community. And that means they're that, not your church, though. Don't get your no, ordos confused here. You know, they're they're part of the ordo economicus and they're certainly your neighbor. But you have your brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, the brotherhood, as the scriptures refer to. Then you have your neighbor in community. You know, the church is more than a community. It's a communion. It's a communion mm -hmm. of saints. Um, but but you have your community, you know, and then then you have your civic life, your societal life, your ordo politicus, your political life. Uh, and all 
all of these are in play. This is my big frustration, is that everything has gone to the Ordo Politicus. Everything has gone political. And and it's not just political, it's economic, it's moral, it's spiritual, it's it's relational, you know, it's not just edicts from the government. There's much more than that, but everything has been reduced to, you know, these almost meaningless numbers and some government edict. You know, this, it's just a horrible way to live. And I'm not surprised that people are sort of short and angry. I, I, I'm angry. Mm -hmm. I just don't know what to be angry with. So I follow the psalmist. I'm just angry with God. And so I just pray the, the, you know, the, the psalms of complaint. How long do I have to put up with this? <laughs> well, you know, one of the programs we do here uh, at KFUO is called Wrestling with the Basics. And one of the pastors on that, Pastor uh, Mark Clark, said that on the program that if uh, the year 2020 was a book in the Bible, it would be Lamentations. <laughs> yeah, it could be. It could be. The Job Lamentations. Uh, it depends what lesson we're going to take out of this. I, I really think that we have to stop um, fighting. You know, here's the problem is that we have this, we're, we're part, we're animal, you know, we're six day creatures. So we share a lot with the animals. Um, and so we get this fight or flight thing going. It's our sort of our limbic way of looking at things. Mm -hmm. And those are useless unless you're about to be eaten or something. So, you know, the, these are not helpful, fight and flight. But we're doing too much kicking against the goads. We're, we're, we're doing too much fighting um, with, with, you know, the invisible enemy, COVID-2, or the visible enemy, the government, or whatever. We're doing too much fighting. We're not doing enough repenting, metanoia. We're not rethinking um, ourselves and rethinking who we are and what we're about because this is like prime opportunity yeah because when this is over you know and these things do come to an end over the course of years <laughs> i don't think it's going to be over in like a couple of months but you know the question is what kind of people are we going to be at the other end and will we like what we see will we like what what we see when we look in the mirrors big question well, we're going to find out one way or the other. Uh, Bill, got to take a little break here, but we got a lot to discuss, and we do have a uh, listener who sent us an email, so we'll get to that as well. LCMS Disaster Response and Training provides guidance and counsel to congregations seeking to show mercy to their neighbors before, during, and after disasters. From congregation preparedness to equipping volunteers in our Lutheran Early Response Team training, we can help you engage your community, particularly those who are suffering in any way with the love of Christ. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, keyword LCMS Disaster Response, or visit our website at lcms.org forward slash disaster. A cure that kills the doctor? He proved his protocol by undergoing it himself. Not because he needed it, but because you did. It's his law and gospel protocol. Words upon which you can build a life, an eternal life, starting now. The Jesus Protocol, this week on The Lutheran Hour. Sundays at 12.30 and 5 p.m. on Worldwide KFUO.
I'm Pastor Ken Bomberger. Join me weekday mornings at 7.15 for Orazio, your time of scripture, meditation, and music on KFUO, Christ for you anytime, anywhere. In 1924, by the grace of God, KFUO began broadcasting the good news of Christ for you. A long part of this history is bringing you worship services to hear and receive the good gifts of God in His words. This Sunday morning, join us for services from Ascension Lutheran Church in St. Louis at 815 and Our Savior Lutheran Church in Fenton at 1030, as well as Bible study from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in De Pere at 930. Hear Christ for you in Sunday morning services on KFUO. A member of the Continental Congress in 1774, John Adams assisted in the formation of the Declaration of Independence and became the second president of the United States. His prolific articles helped fuel anti-British sentiment while advocating for the rights of colonial citizens under the authority of British rule. In 1776, he described the complicated nature of the American colonies to his friend, James Warren. The management of so complicated and mighty a machine as the United Colonies required the meekness of Moses, the patience of Job, and the wisdom of Solomon, added to the valor of David. Toward the end of John Adams' life, he wrote to Thomas Jefferson, I have examined all, and the result is that the Bible is the best book in the world. Engage with the Bible, this book of all books. Brought to you by Museum of the Bible. Hello. <laughs> I there did. you are. I mashed the wrong button. You did. I, I, I could tell right away as the, the lead in music, the intro music was fading, and it never fades like that. It just kind of stops. And so I said, uh-oh. Uh-oh, yeah. See, you've been at your kitchen table too long, and you don't know how to run your controls anymore. You know, there's truth to that. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the first time I came back here, about three weeks ago was the first time I, I actually had to work back in the office. And... Uh, I'd forgotten how to work the bloody board. Yeah, and those boards are intimidating because they're just like, they really aren't once you understand their internal logic, but but they are because there's just this array of switches, buttons, and everything else, and it's just, it's a mistake waiting to happen. Well, <laughs> I tell you, a lot happened that first Thursday. <laughs> it was not a fun day, trust me. So let, let me let me tell you a quick story about, uh, you know, life life here in Southern California and and whatnot uh, and congregational life. Uh, we, uh, you know, we started meeting again June 5th, which was Holy Trinity Sunday, which was nice because that was kind of that's our that's our namesake Sunday. We sing our fight song, you know, I bind to myself today. And uh, because we're we're a mission start, we don't really have like a formal starting date. So we just kind of make that it's a floater because it depends on when Easter is. But but we make Holy Trinity Sunday. That's our Sunday because uh, that's we're named after the Holy Trinity. So it's kind of cool. 
but but then then you know of course Memorial Day weekend hit, July Fourth hit, and you know all these other things going on, and so our numbers have been just horrific in in California, and of course our governor does not want uh, you know California to be leading the nation in in COVID cases. All he looks at is the numbers. Number you know that's it. Just look at the numbers. It, it would be like. Um, assessing the health of the economy just by looking at the uh, Dow Jones Industrials average, you know, <laughs> it's like really. But and so, so you know, he's decided to roll back the opening, which is just um, you know, churches are nimble, and I don't take it personally. Um, you know, I like to always say in the public sphere, you know, it's churches, synagogues, mosques, and temples because we have them all here in Hacienda Heights. So. Uh, uh, you know, we were all being treated equally, badly, but equally. So, you know, uh, but it, where was I going with that? I don't take, you know, I don't take this as some sort of a front on Christianity. And and plus, they don't understand what we as Christians do. No, absolutely right. They they, they do really don't. I mean, they don't understand that this is more, this is, this is even better than a family gathering, okay? Because in a family gathering, you show up for, you know, grandma's 80th birthday, whether you have a scratchy throat, a headache, and you can't taste anything or not, you know, say, oh, I'll get over it tomorrow. And then you show up positive, you know, and you've infected the whole family, including your 80-year-old grandma. Mm. Uh, but, you know, at church, we have a certain responsibility toward one another you know and so when you're not feeling well you stay home for the sake of everybody else you know you can you can do that and and you know we've encouraged that if you're not yeah. feeling well if you're just even marginally you know now let it be known that headache if it's due to four tequilas on on saturday night um yeah. we may want to be <laughs> rethinking that pattern okay but but anyway so now we're reduced we can't meet indoors anymore yeah Okay, so but I got lots of outdoor space. So we we had our we had a Wednesday night divine service outside on the patio, uh, to which somebody pointed out that we are actually sitting closer and denser out on the patio than we are indoors, and and the air because it's it's a it's kind of like a an alcovey kind of patio that I'm using is more stagnant out there than it is indoors with the fans running and the windows open. But hey, we're in compliance. You know? <laughs> And it's just so it's th this is my frustration. It's 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 so it's so utterly silly. If I could have 10 minutes with the governor, I would say, look, you know, we're trying to be on your side. Public health is of interest to us, too. I, you know, we don't want a bunch of our people in the hospital and dying. A B, we're enjoined by the scriptures to obey the government. So, like, we're actually telling people to listen to what you say. So would you at least be coherent in what you say? <laughs> And they're in the difference between and there right therein lies the problem. So now I'm figuring out how to get a big tent up. We have a big chunk of bad grass and gopher holes. See, now I got a problem because I'm going to have people turning an ankles and breaking things. Uh, but we're going to try to meet under the big top out on the uh, the side lawn of the church now. But it's it's really this is not this is not what I envisioned. You know, my 28th anniversary, my ordination, <laughs> being uh, trying to trying to have a tent revival out on my lawn. You know, well, as the saying goes, if you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans. Yeah. yeah. Well. Well. You know, it, this is all a thy will be done moment. You know, it, it really is that that in the end, we are powerless. You know, you can yell and scream and kick all you want. In the end, we're, we're just utterly powerless. Mm -hmm. 
and God in 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 his infinite wisdom in his mercy uh, through the cross of Jesus Christ who has reconciled all things including this whopping mess to himself will work spectacular good but we know that this is by faith and not yet by sight <laughs> so Boy, there it goes there we go Hey, I want to get to this uh, email that one of our listeners sent us. An email, okay. Yeah, and this is from uh, Daryl in Minnesota, and he uh, is thanking for us for the front porch discussion today, and he says that he's working through a depression himself and definitely feels the emotional burden of having to contend with the effects of the virus, and said one of his... Uh, in one way, the resource of distraction and burdensome depressive thoughts was going to the movie theater and escaping in some way with that story. In other words, being able to get to the library and browse. And boy, do I hear that. That is, that's my escape, is I go to our local library and I'm, I'm just lost for a couple of hours. Uh, can't do that anymore. And he also says, though, he agrees with uh, Pastor Sweller's summation that there is a relational consequence between the worldwide lockdown and the amount of outcry and demonstrations that are occurring because of the anger. And he thanks us for discussing this. And he comes up, he ends it with a, a, a very wise saying. He says, at the same time, remember God's omnis omniscience, omnipotence, and omnipresence in all. Yeah, the omnis come in handy, and 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 then when you you lens them through the cross of Jesus, so this omni God who's present everywhere, knows everything, and can do whatever he wants, is merciful and gracious, and works all things together for good through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, his son. You always got to get that lens, that focal point in there. It's not just the God of the omnis, you know, that's, that's kind of a scary God. <laughs> uh, but, but the, the omni God who died on a cross and absorbed all of this, you know, this is not just kind of bearing your bad little thoughts and deeds, but this is, this is bearing the sin of the world and all of its consequences uh, in in himself, and not just not just taking it away, um, kind of repurposing it for good, and and so so you know we have to cling to that. I, I you know he mentioned escape. Um, I read somewhere that people who uh, watch apocalyptic and uh, dystopic movies, and my good friend Ted can fill you in on what that's about, but. Uh, uh, but uh, apocalyptic and dystopic movies are actually psychologically better equipped to deal with the COVID crisis than people who, <laughs> who don't. So, I mean, it's kind of like you can always compare it to your favorite apocalyptic or dystopic movie and say, well, it's bad, but it ain't that bad, you yeah. know? And, and so, you haven't seen any zombies yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That's right. See, so maybe maybe in terms of movies, stream a few of those for you so you get some sort of counterpoint. <laughs> my My place of refuge, and I won't call it an escape, because it's not it's an act an escape for me escaping is running away and and i don't like running away that's 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 fearful and it's it's powerless and it's it's that fight or flight uh thing kicking in see the problem is when we can't flee because we're going to flee and you can't fight because what are you fighting actually um then you're cornered and so you're just like a, a, a an animal in you know in a panic mode so you get anxiety or you get depressed or you know you punch the wall you but you start doing like irrational things uh, because you can't fight or flee, but th that's the animal. 
uh, let's get human here, you know, because we have higher reason. We have we have we are transcendent thought. We can step back from our situation and look at it from outside of ourselves, which is an awesome ability to do. I don't think my cat does this. And and so uh, what, where I'm going with this is when I'm you know, when I'm when I feel cornered like that, I just get up from whatever I'm doing. I go to my wood shop, see, and I create. And for me, creating uh, things, whether they be little objects of art or I'm working on some furniture right now, um, this is this this is to me this is like bringing order out of the chaos. It's it's almost priestly work for me, and and it restore it gets everything back in balance again, so I can come back covered in sawdust. Uh, but I have this thing that's that's progressing somewhere positive on the workbench, and I have a sense that I can still rearrange the world. See, you know, because in, in the Bible, man is made for two things. Man is made for work, and man is made to be in communi community. It's not good for us to be alone, and we were given, um, you know, a garden, so-called, to till. So we're, we're there to, to have dominion and subdue the earth. So, so, you know, an idle human in isolation is, is a very bad situation. It is. It, it really is. And so it's, it's, it's not only the lockdown thing, but like you talk about the economic thing. If, we, if we're deprived of our work, um, that is very, very stressful because we are made to work. We're created to work. Work is what we do. This is one thing Americans have always done uh, is, is they, they, we are hard workers. We often identify ourselves with our work. Uh, it, can, it can be idolatry. That, that would be, I understand that, would, you know. that but you, know, you don't want to get too far in that direction. But yeah, I'll, I'll give you a personal, for instance, uh, there have been times in my career when, for whatever reason, I couldn't be in radio. And I, I, at that point, I wound up working for a newspaper or a magazine, something like that. But you know, I was never happy. I got to have that microphone in front of me. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I, 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 I get that. I can do, I, I can do, and I could do a lot of things. But I have to do something. And for me, it's not sufficient. Um, and I would counsel our, our dear um, listener uh, via email to get off the computer. And if you're on social media, get away from social media. Social media is like, it's like sand in the cylinders of your the engine of your car. See, I've been watching Motor Trend. I know about this, but but uh, you know, it's it's grit. It's abrasive and it, it's corrosive to the soul, uh, and it gets you into weird pockets of thinking that I think are very 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 unhealthy. Um, and so, you know, my advocacy is is get out in the garden, dig in the dirt, go to the wood shop. If you don't have a hobby, find one. Mm -hmm. Take up something that 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 basically handles material. Um, or if you're you know if you're doing a lot of that, you know, pick up good books and read or listen to them on on audio books. Or you know, immerse yourself in things in things beautiful and things virtuous and things true. Uh, because the the stuff going on around us, a you can't change. You know you can't you you can only you can only endure it. You don't we don't get a detour around the valley of the shadow of death. We get the pathway through it and the shepherd leading us. But it's a it's a dark miserable valley and it's fearful. You know, but that's okay. You know, because you know we have our good shepherd going ahead of us and we're not alone. You know, thou art with me. That sort of thing. So I you know I I think. The other thing that I would say is if, 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 if 
if people are feeling it, don't lean away from it. Lean into it. It's like in the surf. When the surf is heavy, don't lean away from the surf. You can get knocked over and rolled. You lean into the waves. And so, you know, I've always counseled people who are facing cancer, don't don't flinch. Don't don't lean away from it. Lean into it. Embrace it. Make it your own. Uh, I think we need to embrace this this thing, not fight it. See, we're, we're flinching, we're leaning away, we're afraid, or we're boxing at something that doesn't really sustain blows. We should be leaning into it. Feel the pain, feel the, the anxiety. Uh, you're alive, you're human, you know, pray to God, give it up to God, trust Christ. Or as I like to say, you know, paraphrase Luther, live boldly and trust Christ even more boldly. <laughs> Well, it's certainly applicable to these times. Um, I'm, I'm very fortunate in that the uh, the Senate has continued functioning, and uh, you know. I, hey, oh, no, I, I was about <laughs> to say something, but then then that little filter came in. The, the, the circuit breaker, the circuit breaker, clamped down and said, "No, no, 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 no! Don't don't make Kip lose his job. <laughs> don't you do know. it, Bill. Don't do it. No, <laughs> yeah, no. Right. You know you're talking to a loose cannon on deck. You know what I was about to say, but I'm not <laughs> going to say it. No, I'm so happy to hear that it's continuing to function. <laughs> it is indeed. <laughs> it is indeed. And, and one way or the other, we are still spreading that gospel message. Oh my goodness. And you know that that's... needed now more than ever. Uh, and what? and not as an antidote. This is not an antidote, okay? Um, it, just like in society, let's get off the virus for a second. So the society's got a lot of ills. And 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 some of this, this whole crisis has been, it's like sandblasting. You know, when you sandblast something to be painted, again, the, the Motor Trend show kicks in. But, you know, you're stripping away all the dirt, the grime, the old finish, the, the you know, the, the, the finish that's gone bad from the sun but you're strip you're going down to bare metal because that's the only way that you can you can you can do anything you know so this is like a sandblasting of our culture our society our very souls and it's revealing to us things we don't like our selfishness our racism it's all it's all coming out our idolatries um but these things are all kind of part of part and parcel of what god does when he lets his bowls of wrath pour out upon the earth. Uh, that's Revelation, in case you want to check the reference on that. See, But that, that's not the end. God doesn't just do that to make us miserable. Um, you know, God God is working. He's working. And I forgot my point. What was your point? What did you say? <laughs> that I, well, I this was... is like when I preach without notes, okay? This is what happens. <laughs> well, one thing I was thinking is that uh, it, it gives us... A, a time to pause and reflect on what's really important in our lives. Thank you. Yeah, and that's that's right. It's a reordering. You know, repentance doesn't mean feel bad. And repentance doesn't mean stop doing what you're doing and shape up and blah, blah, blah. Repentance means metanoia, meta, change, noia, mind, change your mind, rethink, have a recognition. And this is a great recognitive moment, not just for us individually, but for I think for us societally. Um, you know, in, in ways, if you dare say it, this whole thing could be viewed as a gift. 
the whole thing, everything, everything from demonstrations, rioting and looting to, you know, run amok viruses and, and, and toppling economies and toppling statues. Let's let's include them in there, too. It's about time some of our idols toppled. <laughs> and, and but this is good. This is good because because our, our history is being sandblasted because there's a lot of cheap veneer on this. There's a lot of cheap paint that we put on this. And dare I say, we've kind of whitewashed some of history. And, and it's, it's time for honesty, radical honesty with one another, with ourselves. Look in the mirror. Be honest about yourself, too. So, you know, I think it's a, it's a time of potential strength. If, it, it, it could be. If, if, if. See. <laughs> but, but you have to look back, you know, for example, the history item that you raised. Yeah, of course, all history is steeped in, in, in myth and legend. But to strip it and back and look back and understand what it was within the terms of that particular milieu, and don't try to repaint it. Don't try to uh, uh, change the past history. The no, past you know, history's two things. History's facts, which is why everybody hates history when they first learn it. You know, oh, I, I hate it. I hated history in, oh, in, I loved in it. grammar school, high school, because you're just memorizing facts. People, oh, I had places, a history dates. minor in college. Yeah, well, okay, I'm sorry, but but uh, you know, <laughs> you, you, you know where that leads, does you know, barista, Starbucks, okay, but yeah. but uh, um, but history is also narrative, because somebody, the historian, has to narrate the facts. It's just like a scientist. A scientist observes data and comes up with a theory, a best explanation model mechanism to explain the observations. But theories are always changing. They're they're always in flux because you see new data or you look at the data in a different way. See so, and so history, the narrative, uh, changes because you discover new things or you look at the old things in a new way. That's not revisionism. That's simply revising the narrative. Now, if you start to falsify the facts, uh, then that's or you the start danger. to make up facts fast and loose, that's like fabricating data in science. You get flagged for it and you can't play anymore, okay? That's, that's lying. But the fact is that we don't, we're, we don't, we have, we put filters on our historical data. We say, we tell certain parts of the story and we leave other, other parts of the story behind. And I think it's good that we hear the whole story. We should, and we should embrace all of it because these guys and women of all colors and whatever mm -hmm. are sinner saints if they're Christian. They're certainly sinners. We share that in common with the rest of humanity. So I don't expect heroic behavior on the part of my heroes. No. I, you know, I was just reading the book of Judges. You ever read the book of Judges? Yes. <laughs> you know, who's, who's, the, who's the judge that, besides Gideon, everybody loves Gideon. You know, they name a Bible society after Gideon. You know, who's, who's the judge that really gets the job done? Samson. <laughs> Samson, you don't have a Samson society distributing Bibles. I'm telling you, here's why. He's a womanizer. He's disrespectful to his parents. He gives away his wife on their wedding day at their party to the best man in his wedding. And he wreaks havoc on the Philistines. And the text dares to say that God has raised him up for this purpose. He breaks every Levitical purity law known, <laughs> known to Moses. I mean, he is, he is the antithesis of a hero and then he dies this heroic death chained to the pillars of Dagon's temple and in one last feat of divine strength pulls the temple on top of himself and is crushed by it you know I love this because he is in every way shape or form a disreputable horrible man 
and he is he is he is the hero. He 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 whooped Philistines in the name of God. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> see, this is what I love. But see, this this is not revisionism. This is telling the story. And and I'll tell you something. When it comes to history, the Bible is one of the most honest history books I've ever seen. Here's oh. why: none of the disciples are heroes. No. no you know they, they don't get it. They're the last to believe. You know, Jesus kind of looks at them and says, yeah, how long have you been with me here? You know, have I been talking to the air? Three years with the master teacher. They don't get it. You know, they all flee. Peter starts swinging his sword in the garden. You know, P Peter stands in the way of the cross. And I love this because the, the gospel writers as historians do not make heroes out of themselves or the disciples or Paul or any of them. You know, it's an it's it's it is an honest telling of the history. It is, and uh, that's something we have to remember. Who, you know, who's the hero of the story? Jesus. Right. That's right. And and you know, the focus is on him. Who's the hero of history? It's Jesus. It's not George Washington. It's not Thomas Jefferson. It's not Martin Luther King, Jr. or Martin Luther. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. He's the only one who deserves to be on a pedestal, as far as I'm concerned. But we hung him on a cross instead, and we like him that way. We don't put Jesus on a pedestal. We put him on a cross. We did it, actually, and, and that's our salvation. So, you know, see, so I, I like that because, because what does it do? It, it sandblasts away all the little mythologies, all the little things that provide us with these false comforts. Mm -hmm. And 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 it gets us back to the cross of Jesus because that's where the action is. Well, Bill, we've got a caller on the line here, Lee. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure we do. Oh hey, how got, are but, you guys? But we have to Hello. go now. <laughs> Bill's kitty, go ahead, Lee. <laughs> okay, no problem. Um, thanks for this awesome conversation. I've called in before, so uh, I was just wondering, with Samson's last moment, as you just described, would you call that a kamikaze moment? Would you call <laughs> that a suicide would you call that you know how could how could people spin that and and what's biblical understanding about that <laughs> i love that question oh, that's that, a great that's one that's the kind of question that i i that keeps me that keeps me leading bible classes because i I'll, <laughs> I'll just say provocative things till somebody asks a question like that uh, you know, it just defies category doesn't it you know he's taken captive uh, you know, and, and his hair, his girlfriend cut off his hair, which was the source of his strength. No, I used no, to use no, the story. No, 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 She didn't what? do it. She had a man do it. Oh, thank you. Well, uh, it's even worse. Okay, but but uh, I used to use that story to justify my long hair to my mother. You know, I, I, was, I was clever at using the Bible that way. Is it suicide? No, it, it's not. Um, the, you know, God has granted him the strength. It's no more suicide than Jesus willingly going to the cross. Mm. And so what is it? it? It is, dare I say it, it is a typology of Christ himself. Because, because in my mind's eye, Samson strung out between the pillars looks an awful lot like the Son of Man strung out on a cross. But see, what's going to be so disturbing so deeply disturbing to people is that this womanizing cad, this 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 unclean man who's having to be a judge, <laughs> um, that 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 he is a type of Christ. But yeah, deal with that because because Christ became our sin, 
Okay, so I think it's a perfect, perfect typology of Christ on the cross as he brings down the Philistines of sin and death upon his own head in order to save us. So there. Okay, well, we're down to our last minute, Bill, so I'm going to let you close it out. <laughs> I, so there. I inspired myself there. So <laughs> No, it, it's, it's, it's great. And, and, and I think this is why the Bible is such rich reading in, in, our, in our, uh, our COVID time. It's a great opportunity to read Mark, learn, and inwardly digest the scriptures again and get to know its nooks and crannies uh, and the, the richness, the richness of this narrative that all points to Christ uh, through some of the most crazy people, you know, <laughs> people doing just insane things. And, and, and yet this is the salvation history that has won us eternal life and will get us through this and even worse periods than this. Well, that's the thing to remember is that, uh, you know, the price has already been paid. You know, we know the outcome eventually. We do. We do. It all comes out good, like Julian of Norwich said, all shall be well, for all is well. Well, you've read the last page of the novel, so. I did. Okay. Well, thank you, Bill. I really appreciate you once again being on the show. As always, provocative. Yes. <laughs> okay. You've been listening to The Pastor Is In, a weekly chance to chat with a pastor. Your support is vital for this program to continue. To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting The Pastor Is In on Worldwide KFUO.